You're listening to Direction for Life broadcast with Drs. Herbert and Marsha Bailey. For more information, visit rightdirection.info. We hope you enjoy today's broadcast. Today's message is Proof of Desire by Bishop Herbert Bailey. Many times the reason why God's not giving you any further instructions because you haven't fully complied with the first instructions. Let me say that again. Many times the reason why you're not hearing further instruction because you haven't fully complied with the first instructions. I said to somebody recently, somebody told me they were questioning the word of God uh, and questioning whether the word is true because, you know, there's so many. I heard that they heard that in lost books and there's other books that maybe we don't have. I said, but we sure got enough with these 66, don't we? I said, come on, if you can't do the 66, why you want 68? If you don't believe 60, 66, what makes you, you gonna, what make you going to believe 80? See, the devil will give you all kind of excuses to not believe God's word. I mean, Paul, Paul wasn't the only apostle. There were other apostles. It's possible that there were writings to, uh, by other apostles. It's, it's possible. But we got what we got. Are you following me? And so you got to walk in the truth that you know. Are y'all listening to me? And I, I, believe, I believe it's in 1 Corinthians or one of the other, one, one epistle that's a one epistle. Paul says, he says, now I wrote your letter before when we're reading it. We don't have the other letter. But we got the one we got. See, stop looking for excuses not to obey God's word. Walk in what you know. The truth that you know is going to make you free. It's not the truth you don't know. Oh, come on. I'm helping somebody here. It's the truth you know that's going to make you free. And the devil will, will try to keep, keep giving you reason after reason after reason not to walk in the word. So God now speaks to Abraham, uh, Abram in Genesis 13 after Lot separated from him. He says, lift up now your eyes. Look from the place where you are. You don't always get stuck there. God, I, I know you're from the project. I know you're from the trailer park. I know you're from a little small town. I know you're from down under. I, I know you're from Lodabar. But look from the place where you are. The reason why that encourages me because we all can look from where we are. Don't get stuck looking around where you are. Look from where you are. Wherever you are from, see that as a place that you can look towards something else from. He said, look from the place where you are. I want you to look northward and southward and eastward and westward for all the land which you see I'll give you. He said, as you walk, I'm going to expand your vision. As you pursue, I will expand your vision. And I'm going to give it to you and to your seed forever. Verse 16, and I will make your seed as the dust of the earth. So that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall your seed be numbered. He said, I'm, I'm going to give you more people than you can count. Verse 17, arise, walk through the land. Get off your do nothing and do something. I'm, I've given you my word. Now you're going to have to pursue what I said. Arise, walk through the land. Walk through the, in the length of it, in the breadth of it, for I will give it to you. And so promises have to be pursued. What promises what promise has God given you that you haven't pursued? Well, the Lord told me I'm going to be a homeowner. When's the last time you went and looked for a house? The Lord said I'm, supposed to be a, uh, I'm going to be a homeowner. When's the last time you pulled your credit report? 
You can do it three times a year for free from each of the credit bureaus and then start over again. So what God says to you, the prompt you have, you got to pursue it. Somebody say, I'm going after it. I'm going after it. I'm going after it. God tells Moses to pursue. Exodus 3, 8 through 10. Moses, we know, had a desire. We know he wanted to see God's people free and delivered from the Hebrew, rather from the Egyptians, which is why he killed a man. He saw an Egyptian abusing a Hebrew and he stopped him and killed the man and buried him in the sand and thought he got away with it. But somebody had the camera and was, was videoing. <laughs> so just randomly it came up when he saw somebody else arguing. He said, y'all, y'all stop fighting. He said, and they said, oh, you're going to kill us the way we, the way we, the way we, you kill that other man. We saw the video on YouTube. And Moses fleed and ran away. He had a desire to see God's people delivered. But if we don't do things God's way, we can try to do it our own way. That's going to cause more destruction than prosperity. Exodus 3, 8 through 10. Now God speaks to me. He speaks to to the burning bush. And then he goes and pursues. After he pursued and got closer to the burning bush, as he came closer... Then God spoke to him and said, I'm come down to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians. I'm going to bring them up out of the land into a good land, unto a large land, a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me. I hear them crying, and I've seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. And Moses is like, yes, thank God. I knew that you would hear us. But then in verse 10, he says, come now, therefore, I'm going to send you. Is it possible that what you're praying so desperately about is something God wants you to do something about? Sometimes what you're praying about is something God wants you to do something about. Many times your purpose is found in your passion. Many times your purpose is found in your passion. What, 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 do I mean, what do I mean by that? I mean, sometimes what grieves you, what bothers you so much, what you just hate, what you can't stand. Like for me, me for example, I can't stand poverty. So if you, if you, if you love poverty, if you don't mind being broke, you're going to get mad at me. Because I'm always going to be challenging you to get to get a different type of mentality. I even challenge y'all to, to push me on middle class. Say what? I mean, for most African Americans, we happy, we proud to be middle class, but the middle class gets squeezed because they're in the middle. Okay. The middle class don't have many times you you got you live in good you you living all right but you have you you have no contingencies. You can't make it you, you can't buy four four ties at one time. Are y'all listening to me? You 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 praying that the utility bill in the summer don't go up. It's going to go up. You're praying that when the when the when the winter comes the utilities don't go up it's gonna go up but if you got more than enough you just pay the bill if you got more than enough you set it and forget it with dominion energy i know because i do it 
Now, I wasn't always there. You can't do that if, 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 if you still nickel and diamond. Now, I'm, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm trying, I'm trying to make you go for more. I'm trying to make you believe for more. You, you, can't, you can't just, just, just sow the $1,000 to, to underwrite the, the conference if you're barely making it. God wants you rich. He wants you to have more than enough. He wants you to have enough to, to be blessed and be a blessing. He wants you to really be able to pray, listen to me, y'all, about somebody else's needs. Oh, come on now. Come on now. God wants you to be able to pray about somebody else's needs. Because all your needs are met. That's a whole nother level. And so I hate poverty. Poverty make you lose your, all your teeth. I, did, I grew up, I, the only time I went to a dentist coming up, y'all, was when I had an abscess and I had to remove the tooth. I ain't going to tell you how many of them they removed by the time I was 27. But thank God for money. When got me some glory. I got summer teeth. <laughs> some of mine and some of something else. Which ones? Ain't none of your business. But I would have stayed gumming if I didn't get, get some money. Really? Poverty have you praying for stuff you need to just go take care of. Just go take care of it. Just go to, come on. Pray, praying that your that your car don't hydroplane because you got four ball tires. You need to buy some new tires. Now pray that the trip is safe on your ball tires. Are y'all listening to me? I'm talking about the difference between being rich and 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 having just enough. So many times, what, and so, so that's why I teach about economic prosperity. That's why I teach about getting your finances in order so you can go to another level. What you many times have a, have a, what grieves you is something God wants you to get involved with, to help other people, to teach about, to eliminate. So God tells, God tells Moses, who wanted to be a deliverer, he said, I'm now come down, therefore I'm going to send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. It was a promise, but God was calling him to pursue it. Drop down Exodus 14, 13 through 15. Moses said unto the people, fear not, stand still, see the salvation of the Lord. Now that the Red Sea, which tells us even when you're in the will of God, the devil still try to make you turn back. <laughs> y'all, y'all didn't catch that. Even when you're in the will of God, the devil try to make you. I said, I said to somebody this week. Somebody came up to me Sunday. Are you here tonight? I'm not sure you're here tonight. I try not to talk about you if you're here. No, but I, no, really. But it, it's a good example. Somebody came to me. I remember they, they they felt the Lord told them to pursue this business and to come off this job, and they had a plan for how they're going to do it. And they came up to me Sunday, and I was sitting here, and they came and said, "Pastor, I believe I missed God." I'm like, "Slow down. Just because you got obstacles, don't automatically mean you miss God." Sometimes you got to push through the obstacles. Now, you may have missed God, 
But the first time that an obstacle comes, it doesn't automatically mean you miss God. Did Moses miss God by telling the, by telling the children of Israel, come on, we're, we're going to Canaan? We're, we're leaving Egypt? No, but the enemy tried to make them go back on it. The enemy wanted to defeat them on the way to the promise. He wanted them to give up on the way to manifestation. So many times God will tell you to pursue, then trouble comes, then obstacles come. It doesn't mean you miss God. It means you got to be steadfast, unmovable, abounding in the work of the Lord. You got, you, it means you got to make a, your confession that none of these things move me. It means you got to get the word out and say many of the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivered us out of them all. It means you got to start confessing the fight is fixed. Thanks be to God that giveth me the victory and always causes me to triumph. You, it means you got to keep on pushing. Well, I miss God. You, um, and the biggest way people saying that now is marriage. Soon, soon as marriage get hard, I miss God. I, I, I miss God. The Lord told me. Something told me. No, you won't have to fight the good fight of faith many times where your marriage is concerned too. Where was I at? Exodus 14, 13 through 14, Moses said to the people, fear not. Stand still, see the salvation of the Lord. See God delivering you. God, get, Moses said, y'all get some popcorn. Get some popcorn. Let's sit down and watch this show. God give me a show out. Oh, my God. Sometimes, really, I, I've gotten to the place in my life, even regarding this building project, I'm just excited about what God's going to do. Come on now. We, we, we didn't have folks give, give $100,000 and I didn't really need the $100,000 then like we need it now. So if it showed up then, surely 200 could show up now. Come on now. Surely, surely as we go forward, God's going to show himself strong. Sometimes the bigger the obstacles look, you need to say, oh, I'm just, I'm going to watch what God's going to do. The book of Habakkuk says, says Habakkuk said, and I will, he said, I, I will go and stand on the pound of the mountain and see what the Lord does. See what the Lord says. God said, and so Moses tells the people, he says, listen, go, go forward, okay? See the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. Somebody say, God give me a show out. He will show you today. For the Egyptians who you've seen today, you will see them redundant, redundant, redundant again, no more forever. You'll see no more forever again. You'll see them forever again, no more. You'll see them again more, no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you. Who's going to fight? The Lord's going to fight, but he needs you to go forward so to, to watch him fight for you. God likes a show. Oh, my God. God is a performer. Scripture says, I will call unto God who performeth all things for me. God is a performer. A performer needs an audience. There are actors who, they don't, they don't really like doing movies. They must prefer Broadway. They, li- they like the, the, the response of the crowd. They like people being there in the audience. God loves an audience. Sometimes God's putting you in a situation just so you can see how 
how, how strong he is and see how powerful he's going to work. The Lord shall fight for you. You shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, wherefore cry thou unto me? Because now he cried. He led him. But now he said, well, Lord, what am I going to do? The Lord said, don't cry after me. Speaking to the children to do what? To do what? What's another word for go forward? Pursue. Deuteronomy 11, 23 through 25. So now, this second generation, he reminds them, Deuteronomy 11, 23. Then will the Lord drive out these nations before you. You shall possess greater nations, mightier than yourselves. You're going to conquer people who were dominating over you, who were at a higher level than you, who looked like they had it going on more than you. You're going to possess them. You shall possess greater nations, mightier than yourselves. God said, you're not, you're not just going to conquer people less than you. You're going to conquer people who you think are greater than you, are stronger than you. Verse 24, every place whereon the soles of your feet shall tread shall be yours. Sound like pursuing again. From the wilderness and Lebanon, from the river, the river Euphrates into the utmost sea shall be your coast. There shall no man be able to stand before you. Why? They can't stand because you keep moving forward. Man, no man shall be able to stand before you. For the Lord your God shall lay the fear of you and the dread of you upon all the land that ye shall tread upon as he has said unto you. As you go forward, I'm going to make folks scared of you. Can I tell you this? And, and I was talking to my campus pastors about this um, on Friday. I was talking about the early days and, and, and Minister Richard said, he said, oh, I didn't know all that was going on back then. And I talked about the persecution and the things people said about us and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and when we first started um, and, and lies people told about us, I would invite preachers and people who people who already knew them told, told them, don't, don't go the right direction. And all this kind of stuff, told, you know, that was their spiritual father, somebody it was a connection with. And um, because we were growing and they saw us as a threat to them. That was, that was all to it. Thank God. It, if, if we got those haters now, I, I don't know and I don't care. And it don't, it, it don't even move me. But, but nobody is threatening, is threatened about by anybody's not doing anything. I'm going to tell you something that changed my life. Well over 20 years ago. You catch this. I was at a conference. Somebody said this. Most people in any field of endeavor who you think are your competition are not even competing. You didn't catch that. Most people you think are your competition are not even competing. They're just there. You'd be, you'd be surprised at people who are not trying to grow. There are people on your job, they ain't trying to get promoted. They're not trying to become a supervisor. They ain't trying to be a manager. They ain't trying to be a director. They're not trying to relocate. Most, many times the people you think you're competing against are not even competing. 99% of people in any field of endeavor are not even pushing to go to another level. When I heard that, that changed my life. If you can grasp that. So you might as well pursue. 
People you think are a threat against you, they're no threat. They're not even trying to be a threat. So God tells him, no man's going to be able to stand before you. Go forward. He gave the same kind of instruction to Joshua. Joshua 1, 2, and 3. So Moses has now died, and God now speaks to his successor, Joshua 1, verse 2 and 3. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, pick up where he left off, let's keep it moving. Thou and all this people unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given you, as I said to Moses. Every place that you pursue, I will give it to you. So being afraid and being scared does not mean you're supposed to, that you're not supposed to pursue. It means you got to push through the fear. That's what courage is. That's what courage is for. Courage is the ability to face your fears and do it scared. So God's not going to change his mind just because you're scared. He wants us to face our fears, rise above the fears, and pursue despite our fears. Let, let, me, give you, let me give you three things. I want to end this tonight. Uh, first of all, let me tell you, 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 you got to have the spirit of Esther. Esther said, I need y'all. She goes to Mordecai and said, I need you to fast with me. All my girls, all my maidens, they're going to fast for three days. And we need, there's something we need to happen here. And we're not supposed to, I'm not supposed to go see the king now unless I'm sent for. It's against the law. I'm going against the norms. I'm going against protocol. But she said, if I perish, I perish. Sometimes you got to look at something and say, what, what do I have to lose? Watch this. If you pursue and get knocked back to where you are, you're where you are. If you have nothing, go after something and get back, knocked back down to where you are, then you're back where you started with nothing. You haven't lost anything. And many times when God's telling you to pursue, you have nothing to lose. Maybe some pride. So she said in Esther 4 and 16, if I perish, I perish. Somebody say, if I perish, I perish. That means it's worth the risk. You got to realize your, what God's told you to do is worth the risk. That next level in your life, in your prosperity, in your business, for your family, for your children, it's worth the risk. Now, I know, th- I know that this challenges us because, because many of us, we, we just want to be comfortable. Can I tell you this? The life of faith is not a life of comfort. It, God's always challenging you to pursue, go after, believe for more, stretch for more, reach for more. So, what strategy for pursuing? Let me summarize this. Number one, number one ask God for strategy. God, how should I pursue this? Second, just write these scriptures down. Second Chronicles 20, 3 through 4 and verse 12. Jehoshaphat feared and they came together and they fasted and they prayed 
And the Spirit of the Lord rose up and gave them strategy to defeat those people who were against them. But Jehoshaphat said, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Can, can I tell you, when you don't know what to do, God still knows what to do. He already knows what he's going to do. Seek God for his mind, for his strategy for you to pursue. Secondly, you got to maintain your confidence that God is with you. And when I say maintain, maintain just like in order for your car to keep running, you got to maintain putting gas in it. Confidence is something that got to be maintained. You can go through things that can, that can knock, that, can take, that your confidence can take a blow. That's why you got to be under the word. That's why you're in worship. That's why you, that's why you praise. All those ways that you, that's why you make confessions. Whether you put scriptures around you on your refrigerator, on your mirror, you, certain things that you say that you confess, that's, those are ways that you maintain your confidence. Psalms 23 and 4, what did David say? Yea, thou walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I feel no evil, thy rod, to your staff, they're comforting me. What is he doing? He's maintaining his confidence. When he writes Psalm, what we reference is Psalms 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked eat my enemies, my foes came upon me, eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war shall rise against me. In this will I be confident. Confident one, that the Lord is my light and my salvation. Maintain your confidence. You got to recognize God is bigger than your circumstances. You know, before I ever really even had an official theological definition of faith, that was my most elementary definition of faith. Faith is believing that God is bigger than my circumstances. Faith is, is, is believing that God's bigger than what I have, where I came from, my limitations, my family, my money. Faith is believing that God is bigger. Somebody shout, God is bigger. And then thirdly, expect help along the way. Expect help along the way. See, sometimes people don't pursue because they're expecting help to show up before they pursue. Pursuit is the act or action of going after something. If we really desire something, we pursue it. In this teaching, Bishop Herbert Bailey shows us things that can keep us from pursuing God like we should be. To order this message, call 877-798-5433 or order online at www.rightdirection.info. Just ask for proof of desire. As we continue to socially distance, be sure to stay connected with us online. Stream our services on Facebook and YouTube, as well as rdci.info via the Watch Live tab. Sunday morning services are at 7.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on YouTube, Facebook, and our website. Wednesday Bible study airs at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Friday, women's Bible study airs at 12 noon via Facebook Live. Consider connecting with us as a partner or an iChurch member. More information about our partnership and iChurch member services can be found on our website at rdci.info. For consistent updates and encouragement, connect with us on social media through Facebook at Right Direction Church International and on Twitter and Instagram at the RDCI. Right Direction Ministries, transforming lives and impacting generations.